everyone. Welcome back to But Why Though, the podcast, where we talk about the things in pop culture that matter and ask the question, but why though? Just real quick before we get into things, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. It really helps us out. And make sure you tune in to our twitch.tv slash but why though PC um, to see Matt do the other side of the wormhole. Uh, enjoy the show, guys. So this is our second episode in our Missions That Matter series. Um, If this is your first time tuning in, this is a series where we focus on charities, nonprofits, communities in the pop culture space that are using their passion for pop culture to do good in the world. Um, As always, I'm your host, Kate, and I'm here with Adrian. Hey, how's it going? And Matt. Hello. And this week, we're going to be talking about a charity that I consider a really great great friend of the podcast, um, went up on cancer. If you haven't heard about them before, they are a gaming community-based nonprofit, and they are dedicated to direct financial assistance for adults in the U.S. that are undergoing cancer treatment. If this is your first time tuning in to one of our charity episodes, what we do is we play you segments of the interview and we talk in between the questions and we kind of give you our insight and pretty much our feels, um, how, we're, how we're feeling, how we're looking at things. So have you heard about this before? I know Matt has because we actually got to interview them on the RTX 2017 floor while they were there um, exhibiting. Um, I'm, I'm aware of one up. I mean, they're always at, like, the conventions and and stuff, but I've never, like, really gone up to their booths or looked into them. I just kind of assumed that they were um, cancer stuff. So I get to be, like, the informed one today <laughs> while we go through the interview. So the audio quality isn't the best because we did record it on the convention floor, and then I will be reading out um, the answers from uh, Christina Halsage. Uh, she is the co-founder, along with her, with her husband, Chris, who you'll hear in the interview. Um, she's deaf. Uh, she went ahead and wrote down all her answers so that I could um, go ahead and bring them to you through the podcast. Um, we will also be providing a transcript of this episode, so I will link all of that in the show notes. We will also be releasing the full interview and probably transcript on YouTube in the website at a later date, or a few days after this is released. Yes. So the first question we asked was, what inspired you to start 1UP? And these are Christine, this is Christina's answer, and then right after this, you will hear Chris's. We were living in Ohio, and my husband lost his job. He got a job offer, two actually, one here in Texas, one in Hershey, Pennsylvania. We did the pros and cons, and a family friend of ours, Bruce Lewis, who lived in Arlington, said he and his wife would help us if we moved to Texas. So we took the plunge in less than two weeks. He helped us get situated, and a few months later, we had Acon 2015. We noticed he was a bit off. He couldn't remember where his car was parked. He was an artist at Acon. He was an artist and a guest at Acon. We had to call his wife. We didn't know at the time he was waiting for a diagnosis. It was brain cancer. He had a tumor causing memory loss. We found out a week after Acon. We tried to find resources with him since he's self-employed, and his wife had a son and a daughter with needs. Not a lot out there, so they were facing bankruptcy due to lost earnings and no insurance. That was the main drive. We had two other family members diagnosed during that time. They also had some problems, and we were wondering how we could help get them greater financial assistance. We heard about Nintendo about the Nintendo president dying from cancer. We went, that's it. 
we need to do something and brainstormed and that's how one up on cancer was founded um, unfortunately less than six months later bruce had passed away and others as well so we're continuing to do this in their honor i was one up founded okay so my wife and i used to live in ohio and i was the keeper jobs in other other uh places ohio's horrible don't live there Honestly, I was I was looking for a change uh, in work. So one of my friends who lived here uh, in the Dallas area said, why don't you come to Dallas and work? It's a great place. Uh, it's growing and you can find a job, uh, you know, here relatively, relatively easy. And so he, uh, we decided that's probably the best choice. And he said, if you come here, we'll take care of you. We'll make sure that, you know, if you need anything, let us know, we'll feed you. You know, and you know, help out any way we can. And they're very open and giving people. And so we came here, and they were true to their word. I mean, anything that we needed, we just asked uh, Bruce Mundy. And uh, my friend uh, Bruce Lewis worked in the uh, community here. He was a voice actor, artist, uh, worked at Fundamation, and you know, a very giving individual who would uh, go and open his house to people who. Uh, for exchange students or foster kids, anybody who needed a place to stay, his house was open. Just a wonderful individual. Six months after we moved here, he got brain cancer. So we started looking at options to find places that could help him with his bills, because cancer's not cheap. We couldn't find anywhere. And that's a problem, is you would think that in a community such as ours, uh, we have many different charities that uh, deal with children with cancer, cancer research, about adults, couldn't find any. So uh, we thought, okay, well, we're gonna help people like Bruce and Bruce himself by starting a charity. Unfortunately, before we were able to actually have enough money to help, he passed on. So we do this in his memory. And our mission's really simple. We help adults pay their cancer treatment bills in the gaming community. Now, we help more than just gamers. I mean, anybody who goes and asks, uh, well, vet the application like anywhere else, and and then we will uh, we'll decide best where our money should go. Uh, we've helped people all in California, the Maine, and anywhere in between. Uh, we're all over the United States. We try really hard to make sure that we're available for anybody in Maine. Awesome. And then to expand on that last part, uh, Christina also mentions about the about the mission of One Up on Cancer, and she says. Right now it's starting. This year is our second year of operating and we have enough to help only pay for direct treatment bills. So the mission is reflecting the, cur the current goal, which is just that. Later on, we want to expand to the possibility of doing other things such as taking care of transportation and hotel and such for patients and their families doing treatment if they have to travel. Often the centers do not charge for lodging, but we want to make sure that people do not worry while focusing on supporting themselves and their family during these challenging times. One, uh, that was uh, unfortunately a very sad story. I think it it was sad, but I think it was also really uplifting. And I think it for me, like kind of lis uh, listening to that and reading that, it kind of shows that when you have this type of tragedy in your life or when you when you know somebody who has to go through this you can you know you can look for for a way to help um and that's what they did and so i think it it was really sad because i mean i've i'm betting all of us know somebody with cancer um or have known somebody with can cancer um 
but I, I think it it also shows like the power of this organization. I only know about them from this first question, but they sound, they sound like really nice people, and I wish I could have um, um, met met them. Uh, I'm interested to see you know what makes them different than other cancer charities because there's like a thousand and five you know different cancer charities out there. You know, like what makes them different than other than you know like say you know Susan G. Komen or or stuff like that. They also seem a lot nicer than her, so I'm excited to uh, <laughs> hear what else they yeah, have to no, say. Yeah, um, no, yeah, I thought it, I mean it was cool. I mean, obviously the sad story part, but I liked it. They you could tell that they were willing to do this too, and that they seemed thing because they literally decided one day that we need to move, and they just literally as they, as she put out, take the plunge. And so they literally just, with no, I guess, I mean, with obviously some help, you know, decide we're just going to move across country and do this. And then, obviously, as a way, they want to pay the people, and obviously more moving forward, the people that help them establish what they were able to do. Did they move to do this, or did they... they no, so they work, were able to right? move and change their lives from what they were stuck in Ohio to do, mm-hmm. and allowed them to basically, I guess, have a better life than what they were having in Ohio. So, like, you're not surprised that they started a cancer charity overnight? Talking with the guy, I'm not actually surprised because he seems like a person that just talking with everything, like, just talking to him for the time period we did, because obviously the interview is only answering the questions, but we were able to sit down and talk to him about, you know, more things. And it's not surprising that, like, him and his wife are able to do everything they've been able to do. Like, this was basically two years ago. Yeah. And they're already up and running in probably, you know, a pretty large foundation. Yeah. quite a few people. Chris is really great to talk to, and it was really interesting, too, because he had, he had brought up the fact while we were talking with them that they're still um, U.S.-based, but they're, they're really pushing to be international in the next couple of years, which is really impressive, like you said. Like, they started this two years ago, and they've been putting putting their nose to the ground and doing it. Yeah, I mean, yeah like I said, they sound like great people. I'm excited to know more about the charity outside of, like, what, uh, you know, Paying for cancer treatment is great, but like, how do they do it? How do people get involved? That's what I'm curious about. It's a good thing you asked that question, Adrian, about why they're different from other cancer charities, because um, that was the next question. Um, the next question was, what makes One Up on Cancer different from other cancer charities out there? Christina's answer was as follows. We are, as far as we know, the only charity that does direct medical pay for people over 18 years old. There's programs that can help with food, cost of living, and things like that, including some grants, but they're for young adults. And what I have seen, we want to help the older generations too. It's something that's really unique, and I think that releases into the next question, which I think you might have already answered, uh, but what makes you different from the other cancer charities that are going I, I think having that, uh that appeal that we're for adults, I think is the key because, again, there's nothing against the other charities out there. I mean, we love St. Jude's, and St. Jude sends people our way, uh, Extra Life or St. Baldrick's or Child's Play. Again, great charities, but there was just not a charity out there that deals with adults. Uh, that's something that totally sets them apart from everybody else as an adult charity because that's really unheard of. Yeah, that's I what I was going to ask. I didn't. Yeah, I, I was wondering like why they just did eighteen and up, but I, just, I guess I didn't realize that most cancer charities are focused to like kids and stuff, like, which which makes sense. But it's good that they're they're doing it for older people too. I like that. Yeah, it makes it, yeah it makes sense. It's also just kind of weird. And it's kind of 
almost a harsh reality that you kind of don't want to think about is literally, obviously, these these other charities do a great job, but then it's like, you turn 18, and it's like, oh, well, you don't matter anymore. And I mean, not that that's how they try to portray it, but that's kind of how it is. Yeah, well, I think, yeah, because I think that really ties into this idea that once you're an adult, you have to somehow be able to support yourself. No matter what happens in your life, people think that you should be able to support yourself. And, um, I mean, when my aunt got cancer, she had no option but to move in with other family members because she could not like one she couldn't physically support herself because she was so weak from the chemotherapy and the radiation but on top of that she couldn't have any money coming in and so i think it's really important to realize and it's probably something that needs to get said more that once once these kids who have had cancer early on and maybe they relapse at 19 years old they can't go back to saint jude's to get help and they may not be able to support themselves outside of that. Um, and, and you know, cancer sucks. Cancer doesn't just do a toll on your body. It kind of does a toll on your family, on your finances. I was going to say, as much as it, like, you know, it talked about young adults, but, I mean, like, people, I guess, our age, we've at least been, like, having jobs for and probably, you know, work and have some money and maybe an income. But like you said, if you're, like, been, you get diagnosed at, like, 16, 17 years old, by that time, unless you just happen to be having a, you know, maybe a summer job or something, you don't have a career going. You don't really have anything. You probably aren't even graduating high school. So when you hit that 18 age mark, it's not like you can just, oh, I'll live off my life savings that I've been doing for 10 years. Like, you don't have anything. Yeah. I mean, I would even say if, if one of us was diagnosed with cancer now, it, I don't know how we do it. <sighs> yeah. And that, that's with and that's with jobs that provide us with insurance. I, I'm just like this entire time that we that we met with them, we talked to them, and, and when we met them at DreamHack as well, I was thinking about Allied, um, one of the Smite Pro players who passed um, after he relapsed. Right. And he was older. I mean, he he wasn't old by any means, but he was older. Um, you know, luckily he had high res to back him and stuff, and they helped do a lot of fundraising for him. But there's a lot of people in this community that if we can do good and kind of you know help each other out like why not yeah i mean for them to only be doing this for two years and then to be so big already because like i said like i don't see very many charities at gaming events other than like stack up is obviously getting bigger but you see like them and like extra life and that's just about it but one up is obviously one of the ones that's popping up more often so good on them how do they do it we're, we're, I know they like, they do medical bill stuff, but like, what's what's their process com- compared to like something that like Stackup does, where they send in, you know, yeah. crates and stuff and games overseas? Like, what's what's their uh, their mo? Yeah. So um, our next question goes directly into that. Adrian with the great transitions this episode, and that question is, what are some of the programs you run? Christina's answer was as follows. <laughs> We are focusing on only direct bill pay for treatments. The applicants do not handle money except when they submit their bills to us and we contact their billing departments to pay if approved. We do not want to expand, as I've mentioned, but we want to also make sure the organization is also fiscally responsible. We do not get paid, nor nor do the volunteers, except for the hotels, the conventions, and the badge. That part, That's part of the 20% operating expenses. The rest goes to the applicant's bills and making sure the money can carry over uh, to the next quarter and so on. And here's Chris's response. 
I would say the only program that we do right now, and I'm the program manager here, is we do the quarterly uh, applications. So every quarter, the start of the quarter, we go and open up a window for people who need help with their cancer bills. So they'll go fill out the application, submit it, and uh, we look and see where our money would best be suited. Uh, you know, of course, you know, how much they're making a year, uh, how, uh, how, uh, I'm trying to think of, of ways to put it, um, how much need there are, how much their bills are. Then we go and uh, we approve them, the people, and then we ask them for their bills and we pay their bills. That's really the only program that we have, and we think that's, that's the best use of our time right now is to do direct relief to people in need. For example, uh, we do rolling orders. So Q3 helps people in Q4. So if you think July, August, September, the money that we raise during this time helps people during the holiday season, October, November, December. So that's very important to remember. So right now, the fundraising that we're doing here is helping the people during the holiday season instead of worrying about their cancer bills Instead of worrying about the families, kind of, you know, be there and enjoy their time with their, their you know, the individuals and families. So what do you think, Adrian? Uh, it's, it's like immediate, like, impact, which I think is crazy. Because, like, a lot of the cancer things are, like, raise money for cancer and then send that money to some people doing cancer research. Or, like, you know, <laughs> taking them to Disneyland and stuff. Like, this is, like, immediate, hey... We're going to pay bills. And I can't think of any other charity that just does that straight straight out and then, like, just pays bills. Because, like, all, like, the Disneyland stuff is fun. But, you know, when you come home from Disneyland, you still have thousands of dollars of medical bills, I'd assume. So them just going straight for that, I think, is really, really awesome. Yeah, it's definitely a lot different than what you say and definitely just straight relief. I also... <laughs> It sucked because he was kind of struggling with his words a little bit there, but obviously it, the having to choose and pick applicants, I can't imagine the process that goes to that because you want to be able to help everybody, but then obviously, like I said, there are limited number of funds to do everything. So, no, you could just see, like, I guess the way he was talking and stumbling, it was just like, I want to help everybody I possibly can, but unfortunately, I just can't help everybody. But I want to pick the people best possible people i can not that people are better than one another but yeah it's you know like going back to um steve and our stack pip so that's pretty much like what he said too like he wants to help everybody but sometimes there's just not enough money which is why them going to these events and raising money is so important yeah and actually one of the really great things to kind of take away from this because this was at um, rtx 2017 was they met their thousand dollar goal at rtx and then they raised it day three to 1500 to see if they could make that um so it rtx was a really great day for them um which was awesome <laughs> which is also great considering they lost they did so unfortunately poorly the first day because of the stuff yes at the convention yeah so it would technically if you factor it in they only had two days yeah um because there wasn't a lot of traffic inside the expo hall that first day so they've been doing great and actually it was really awesome to see because we sat in the booth 
for a while talking with them. And so many people stopped. Like we'd be in the middle of talking with Chris and then people will pull him over. Or I was um, I was speaking with, with Christina and, you know, showing her the questions and she'd be having to navigate everybody else, like telling them, go, come on, people are trying to, you know, people are coming by. Uh, so it was really great to see them have that much traffic around them, especially um, with like placement and stuff. And, and the really cool thing about Chris, like I wish I could have Chris's energy all the time because he was like, he'd see somebody stare at like the pins for a little bit. And then he just like, come on, come get a pin. And he was pulling in so many people. Um, I wish I, I wish I had that, that type of like energy 24 <laughs> seven. Um yeah. And you, so you could tell that they loved what they were doing. Yes. That's for sure. So the next question was, how can people get involved? Christina's response was, there's many ways people can get involved. They can fundraise via streaming at any time through Tiltify. They can also choose the organization for their choice of Humble Bundle, eBay, PayPal Giving Fund, Amazon Smiles, or just simply donate via the website. There's also a newsletter people can subscribe to to keep updated on where and when we can have events such as our quarterly ones like Sizzling Summer so they can volunteer. I have to put down a general disclaimer since we had a big hullabaloo when our first newsletter went out, so I want to make sure that this is clear. The organization does not give out private information or sell email lists or even purchase because we also hate those practices. So we only ask people if they want to subscribe. If someone wants to unsubscribe, they can do that and not have to worry about their email addresses being unsecure. (laughs) And here is Chris. Oh, well, I mean, good conventions such as this is one of the big things. Uh, even though we don't raise as much money as we do, say, for instance, at like a Humble Bundle or you know, a Twitch event, doing these conventions is going back into the community. We want to talk to the people, uh, educate new, new people, get volunteers, and hopefully build awareness. Uh, obviously, you know, like all the other charities that we talked about previously, those are all online-based organizations that deal uh, on Twitch or Mixer or YouTube, and we do great on those as well. But I, I say it definitely is a mixture between those two avenues. Uh, we do a lot on social media, making sure that our message is heard. Uh, of course, newsletters, and any which way we can to, again, grow the base to make sure that people uh, will learn about us and get help in the game. So what's the best way for somebody Well, I mean, contacting us uh, at our website, oneuponcancer.org, is probably the best way. Uh, also, social media is not a bad start either because we try to make ourselves very uh, approachable and we're very transparent as well. So we want to make sure people who want to help or have helped know where their money is going and to make sure that uh, that they're confident that they're be the right choice in helping us. I guess I'll start this one off with... Um... Yeah, so getting involved, I mean, obviously, they use the basic tactics of everybody else, of just websites, you know, volunteer, and whatnot, which is pretty cool. Uh, I mean, it's pretty straightforward, at least. I mean, from what I understand, basically, you sign up, or you contact them, or we can bring awareness so you know, and then they take it from there, it seems like. Yeah, it seems fairly easy, fairly straightforward. They seem to be doing a lot of the same stuff that 
um, other charities I'm familiar with do. Uh, I can imagine like being like breaking into that Twitch bubble must be pretty tough for them, considering like you know you have to go against people like um, Extra Life and stuff. So um, I imagine like just straight up donations and going to events like this have to be huge for them, especially so early on in their organization because two years isn't very long compared to some of the other you know big charities that are at these events i think one of the one of my favorite things that chris had said was that like one of the big things for him is going to the conventions and talking with him a little bit more like the reason conventions and social media were so big to him is because he wants he wants to talk to people like he wants to personally help you feel invested in what you're doing and he wants to share the stories of the people they helped share their story and he really wants to make that personal connection with you um whereas if i think of some of the larger charities it's just kind of oh cool thanks you're here you donated and i mean which i mean i understand because of their size and then you know this is obviously not a, a, a broad thing this isn't always what happens but Chris, seeing him interact with people and Christina as well, like they're just so open to everybody that is coming up to the booth and they want to talk and shake hands with every single person that they see. Yeah, so they even said like they bring basically three extra chairs to every booth they do so that way if people do want to talk to them, they have a place to sit down. So we all had a place to sit when we interviewed with them. So they purposely bring those chairs. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so are the people there with them like do they have people with them or is it just them two doing all of this stuff? Like what's their like what's the organization size like? So at um I believe their organization size is actually pretty small. Um it's they only have three people. Well they have volunteers. Well yeah. Um and obviously they come out when they can. But we got to meet um their marketing officer. Um them obviously they're the co-founders um and then i yeah i I think they're pretty much like the main backbone of it and then you have all the volunteers who come out to help with the events um yeah i think at least from what i'm reading here yeah so it's christina who um she's the president cdo uh dr patricia todd who we met um she's the marketing manager um chris who's the secretary and program manager, Nikki Vogel, the promotions manager, uh, Joanna Meklinski, who's PR, and Kevin Wallace, who's a strategic advisor. So it's a six-person organization, um, and at least from seeing them, there were a few people in um, One Up on Cancer shirts um, who had streamed for them and were just volunteering, um, but were pulling people to the booth and, you know, really trying to get the word out um, as volunteers um and i think too honestly what they mentioned earlier that uh, they don't get paid the volunteers don't get paid um so this is this is all going towards the people they're helping yeah no i believe they pay for all their own expenses for everything to do on their own and then yeah. basically everything they raise and whatnot goes for what they can yeah because chris was explaining to us like yeah no i pay for all our volunteers meals out of you know out of from my from my personal account and i pay for our meals from my personal account uh he said that seventy five twenty five is a good percentage so 75 goes directly to the cause and then 25 
goes for their overhead. And then he said that personally, they don't feel like that's enough. Personally, they want to be as low on that overhead cost as they can. Um, so, But for right now, the best they can do is keeping it 80% goes to the cause and 20% goes towards the conventions and the overhead and everything like that. Yeah, even that's pretty good, right? I don't mean, oh, I don't know yeah. a whole lot about like logistics of money for charities and stuff, but that's it's, it's, it's hard. <laughs> like working it's pretty decent, but they're I mean, also for like a, a smart. Yeah, like for like a six, charity. you know, six man <laughs> team. Six, yeah. They're going to like literally all these events. I think that's what we're going to talk about next, like where they're at. They're going to all these events and they're doing it out of pocket. Like it's crazy. Yeah, no. For the most for part. Being a, logistically, it's probably, like I said, it's probably lower than some, but for a six man team, it's definitely pretty high. From at least from what I understand of how they do it. Yeah, but I also think too, like it may be, it may be a little lower than some. But I also know that there has been a large issue with some of the really big charities not being even close to seventy five going towards yeah. the causes. Yes. Um. So the next question was, uh, whether, uh, what were their big events going on right now? Um. They have similar answers. So for this one, I'm going to go ahead and play Chris's because I believe he goes into a lot more detail. <laughs> September. It's called Month of One-Ups. And oh, the idea awesome. during September is uh, to have sort of like St. Jude's did for Play Live for September for us. So we're going to have uh, some store interactions as well at physical retail locations uh, like National Community Museum. Oh, wow. Uh, so they're going to have one of mushrooms that you can buy to put on their wall and to showcase uh, the donations that you receive. We're also going to work at other uh, different storefronts to do the same thing and we're going to try to do an internet uh, sorry a national push uh in physical locations as well as virtually online we are still working on the list of places we're hoping to have that by uh, yeah so that one's pretty straightforward um you get the the month of one-ups which um i'll try i believe they they don't have anything listed on their website right now for where that's going to be taking place so far and or the dates, um, but it is going to be in September. So we'll try to keep you posted. Um, we follow them on social media and we try to retweet them and post all their events as much as we can on ours. So if you follow us, you'll get that information. <laughs> so I have a question. Um, so obviously like the name of, and this is just me as like someone who didn't get to talk to them for hours at RTX. Um, <laughs> Their name is One Up, and I know that they have like the like heart and the controller thing, right? Like that's like their logo, mm-hmm. like part of their logo. But are they focusing specifically on people who are gamers? Like, is that how they do their selection process, or are they just people who like really like gaming, and that's just how like they they went about it? So the way their like their target, um, their target audience is um, essentially the gaming community doing good stuff um i don't believe you have to be a gamer to submit um paperwork to them um but i do know that it's grown out it's a gaming community based charity um so it's a way of uniting people who love games to help other people who love games or maybe even family members of people who love games um I'm not sure if, he, if we got this on the interview at the end, but I know he does talk, at least from talking to him and everything. Hopefully it's on the interview, but 
uh, he talks about how he was a gamer growing up and basically how he felt like, well, he really didn't do anything else, but he got along in the gamer community. And so when he started doing this and for all the stuff that he's done throughout his whole life, he just basically it has been a part of the gaming community. That's the one place he felt that he always belonged. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I just wanted to just clear, just cl- clear it up in my own head. Maybe some of our listeners are thinking the same thing. Because I don't know if they've like said outright that this is like gaming base or maybe I just missed it in um the recording but i just wanted to just double check sounds really cool love gamers helping yeah no uh actually i think for the first at least for the first few uh excuse me for the first few questions it wasn't really i think it was more of like straightforward answers but they do go at least from us talking to them and i believe towards the end they talk about like why their gaming community you know charity and like everything else as far as like the gaming aspect you know like why they're at a convention and everything and not just a normal like saint jude type charity cool sounds good I like that. Um, so the next question um, was, where will you be next and what's your next big convention? Uh, this is Christina's response. We will be at DreamHack Atlanta around July 21st. I think that's a big convention. We are still expanding the convention run, so we are learning about the ones around here and out of Texas. Hopefully we'll be doing those again next year. We can't take anything for granted since a lot can happen as we have seen and experienced. So we are only here to help out and connect with people. We also try to be very transparent with people since we consider this cause a huge one for us. A lot of things are happening in the background. So many things may stay the same or different in regards to events, but we will be informing everyone through social media, Twitter, Facebook, etc., and email if we have advance notice. So just from Christina's responses to clarify it up for listeners, if you're attending Classic Games Fest uh, this weekend, July 29th through 30th in Austin, or if you're attending Let's Play Gaming Expo August 5th through 6th, or QuakeCon August 24th to 20, uh, through 27th, check them out. They will be there. That's where they're heading to. Um, yeah, they're great people. So I'm sad we get to miss them at that we will be missing them at DreamHack Atlanta. Yeah, so they're going to be in DreamHack Atlanta the weekend that we're recording this, um, which is really big from everything I'm seeing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty big. Um, I'm kind of bummed out that they can't come to Las Cruces Comic Con because they're going to be too busy at QuakeCon killing it that weekend. So. <laughs> I guess it evens out, I guess. I was like, is Las Cruces your consolation for QuakeCon? No, I'm not going to West Coast Comic Con. Uh, <laughs> if they were going, maybe I wouldn't, but, you know. <laughs> cool. And then I believe the last thing I asked if um, was if there was anything that Chris would want, uh, that Chris or Christina would want to add. Um, this is Chris's response. As I tell everybody uh, that I speak to, uh, you know, you don't have to volunteer or donate to us as long as you're helping other organizations out there in the community because... To me, at least you're helping. That's the key. Being part of the community is not just enjoying video games, but it's being a part of that community as well. So joining a group or a guild or volunteering, whatever you feel uh, worthy, I think it's a great use of your time, and it makes you feel good too. So I think one of the really big things that I, I, I really love about Chris and Christina is that this is kind of their, like, when you walk into the booth, 
you can just feel how great they are and how happy they are and how they how much they want to do good. And I think the fact that when I ask him if there's anything he wants to add, the first thing he says is that you don't have to donate to us. You don't have to, you know, do anything for us, but you just need to do something and you need to be involved in this community instead of just being in it, um, which I I thought was really important, and I think that's one of the reasons why we started doing the Missions That Matter series, right? You know, how people use their love of these things and being in these communities to do good. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. Um, I mean, I don't like mean to hark back on it, but they, it's good to see that this charity's like mission that matters isn't that different than charities that we've covered in the past, like Stack Up. Like when I listen to him talk, it's like listening to Steve talk. Like they have the same exact, um, you know, one's just bigger than the other, but at the heart of it, like they're just, they're both just trying to do the same thing in different avenues. And they're both using gaming and pop culture and stuff like that to, to make the, make it happen. And that's really great. Yeah. The whole, the whole aspect that we've seen, it's obviously a common thread, a common theme, not thread theme with like all the charities is you may not donate to us. You may not help us. That is fine as long as you're helping somebody. And that's all that matters. To them, at least. Yeah. I just want to be as good a person as, as, as Chris and Christina are. <laughs> you just want your your name to be like that? Well, we're Matt and Kate. It's not as catchy. As Chris and Christina? Well, yeah. <laughs> C squared. Oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so uh, to finish off everything, um, at this point, I believe Christina was uh, working um, with some people, and so I got, I asked Chris this, and the, his and this question was, why does it all matter? Why do video games matter? Um, why does the gaming community matter? And this is what he told us. So he did happen to say it. I was yes. I wanted to make sure because, like, I know he said it, but wasn't one hundred percent sure. But we yeah. spoke. We spoke with them for so long. It was hard to. It was hard yes. to kind of parcel out what was interview and what was us talking with uh, Chris and Christina. Yeah, but the common theme we've heard from everybody 
that we've ever talked about in gaming or being in gaming or dealing with anybody in gaming is community. And just like he said, pretty much being a part of a place where you feel comfortable and being a part of a community. And so he wanted to help the people that he felt most, I guess, a part of. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. And I just don't want to repeat what you're saying. But that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, community is, is huge. And it's great to see that he used that avenue to, to do what he's doing. Because he could have picked anything. Like, he could have picked... He could have gone to chess events. Like... <laughs> But he decided to stick with like the gaming, you know, thing. He could have went to rodeos or, or something, but he, he picked gaming, and I think that's huge because it's such a big part of like who he is and stuff. I find it also interesting that now between him and what Steven has said, it basically they both kind of mentioned this whole untapped masses thing of gaming, yeah. com- uh, I guess, population community wise. I don't yeah. know if it's just now coming, I guess, to the surface or whatnot, but. It, it is interesting that the two people who are obviously older gentlemen have mentioned that, um, like I said, untapped masses as like words. Yeah, because I think I think it just really points out to the fact that things are changing now. Like it, it's cool to be a gamer, um, at least like with like the big main games. I also like want to point out too, um, obviously, um, since we have audio from from Chris talking about his his love of gaming. Um, uh, Christina is also a really big gamer, um, so I just wanted to point that out as well. That this is this is both their um, their passion and their community. And Pat- Patricia also yes, works Patricia the, Todd is also works in esports and marketing and gaming. Yes, as well. So at least three fifty percent of the organization is definitely part. Yeah. And I'm assuming the other ones as well. But yeah, they're definitely all gamers, despite being except older people. Yeah. Um, and I think, too, like, one of the awesome things to know as well, and, and I didn't get to bring it up, um, we had heard of, um, when we were talking about ways for uh, us to get involved, um, Humble Bundle was something that was brought up on our Stack Up episode, but something that um, is unique to this, too, is the animal, uh, the Amazon Smile program through Amazon Prime. You literally just set it up through your Prime account, to donate to a charity every time you buy something. Like, it takes super minimal effort to just set it up. And once you buy something through Prime, they get a portion of the proceeds. Um, so, yeah, Doesn't just to point that out. That. Yeah. yeah. And I will include all of these links uh, in the show notes so you can, you know, even these, these small little acts... Um, one of the last things that Chris and Christina did want me to point out was that the application window, um, like he said earlier, is done uh, quarterly. So this episode will be posting on July 26th. If you or anyone you know is affected by cancer, applications um, for this coming quarter are still going to be taken until July 31st. Um, so just keep that in mind. And the next application window will start in October. Um, So be on the lookout. We'll have links uh, for the applications in our show notes. That way, you if you know, you can reach out if you need help. Reach out. Yeah. Adrian, any last? Yeah. Any final thoughts, guys? Um, they seem like cool people. Seem like a good organization. Like, like I said, it's an easy thing to do. Like, if this is something that. Um, speaks to you like if you care about people with cancer who also game and you're a gamer 
all you and you use Amazon Prime. There's no one out there who doesn't use Amazon Prime. Like let's be honest. Like you could literally help this charity just by setting up an Amazon Prime account and sending your money there. Like it's it's easy. It's never been easier to, to help charities like this, especially smaller ones like this. Like if you want them to get bigger, if you want them to help more people, this is how you do it. Yeah, um, I do want to say at least one thing. I know this episode's been a little, I guess, seems like down since we are talking about cancer, but we do enjoy, at least I've enjoyed this episode in talking about them. So, it, and also some things that's hard about doing these type of episodes is you don't want to keep repeating the same thing over and over again. So obviously we all like this and we all have our own thoughts, but yeah, common theme, great, but then obviously. Yeah, let, letting their words like shine yeah. for themselves through through the bulk of this, like, the, our Missions That Matter series are, by and large, a platform to help charities get their missions out and get get the word out about them. Um, so, Yeah, I just know it seemed like kind of like, oh, maybe they're down or something. And why does it seem like not so much energy? It's not so much energy. Just we are kind of talking about heavy stuff. But we do enjoy, like, I guess, show, uh, showcasing and spotlighting them. Yeah. That and I, I think Chris is just so energetic that it, it's hard to meet that energy. Yeah. <laughs> also, there one of the things, at least for it seems like there is, I don't know if this is where they got their name from, but the one up thing they do use the uh, toad, uh, toad, the mushroom, the mushroom from Mario as a lot as a lot of their, uh, I guess. Uh, is Nintendo okay with that? I have no idea. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that we're on that thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I don't think, I think they only have the, they they have the mushroom with them at their booth, but I don't think it's actually on any of their, like. Is it not? No. Cause, okay. Because it looks like no. mushroom was everywhere from what I saw. I do remember seeing the mushroom quite a bit. I don't think so. I mean, I'd have to, I'd have to go to the photos for proof. Because they did do um, the green mushroom, which usually means, I believe, one extra life. Yes, it does. So, um, like, to represent one I, up. I don't know how much they use it. Um, hold on. My bad, guys. They have a one-up mushroom, but well, they don't have any of okay, it. Okay, well, that's fine. Those. I just know I saw the mushroom. His hat has a mushroom. That's it. Okay, whatever. And I saw some other stuff. I thought yeah. Had a mushroom. So he has. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he has a Nintendo hat with a mushroom, and then he has the one-up plushie. Um, but the actual one-up signage is the controller leading up to the heart. Okay, we'll scrap the last five minutes what we just said then. Yeah. My bad. But he, he did have, the, and he has a whole bunch of one-up pins, like, of the mushroom yeah. on his shirt. So there was a lot of mushroom on him, and that's probably what you were thinking about. Okay. But they don't actually use it in their signage. Because it's probably a Nintendo problem. I mean, I'm sure it is. I just happened to notice. That was the one thing I noticed. Talking, There was the one-up, the little extra-life mushroom. So... As always, I will include all of the information for how you can get involved with One Up on Cancer in our show notes. I will also provide any links to their social media. Make sure you give them a like and a follow. Check out where they are. Um, if you're coming to Classic Games Fest this weekend, make sure to stop by their booth. They're awesome people. They're really great to talk with and really great to hang out with. Um, once again, I do want to say thank you to Chris and Christina for sitting down with us and taking the time to give us a look into their charity and give us a look into what they do. Um, as always, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at OhMyMithRandier. Adrian? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at SuperReese93, S-U-P-E-R-R-U-I-Z, 93. Matt? Uh, I want to say thank you to them as well, because I get the chance to meet them as well. And then you can find me on Twitter at 
that M18 DATTM18. Have a good day, guys. Bye. Bye bye.